welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Yes, welcome to another Flying Solo podcast. Thanks for joining us. Now, don't forget, if you're listening via iTunes, please consider posting a brief review for us as it helps us attract new listeners. And, well, that's just got to be good. Also, don't forget, we welcome comments and discussion on Facebook or via the page that this show has on flyingsolo.com.au. Now, my guest today is Rebecca Derrington, and we're exploring business evolution and innovation. Beck is the ever-so-clever person behind Source Bottle, a website that connects journalists and bloggers with those looking to raise their profile by sharing knowledge and expertise. Today, Source Bottle serves users across Australia, New Zealand, North America, and the United Kingdom, and sends out over 50,000 emails a day, and that's a lot of media and profile-raising opportunities, I reckon. Hi, Beck. Thanks so much for being with us. Oh, hello, Robert. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, good. Look, we're both here in our, in our, hopefully in our nice warm offices on a freezing cold day. So thank you for, uh, for taking time out and spending time with us. So now, look, I mentioned in my intro that, um, that your, your activity in America and the UK, now this is certainly, this is indeed a, a, something of a business evolution since you began SourceBottle. So maybe we, let's start there on this whole topic of evolution and innovation by asking you, why did you decide to move into those new markets as opposed to just putting more and more work into the local market? I mean, was that always your plan or what's the story there? Well, actually, it's a really, it's a, it's a very sort of poignant question because initially I had no intention of moving beyond Australia and New Zealand. I mean, I kind of, I, I believe they were both sort of intrinsically linked. But, um, and, and so I only actually registered the domain for .com.au thinking, well, that's, of course, all it should ever evolve into. And then, I, look, it probably was about a year, maybe 18 months into it, and I could recognise that there were lots of businesses that were looking to export internationally and would love the opportunity to raise their profile in international markets. And I thought if, if, if the, the business could service those needs as well, that they, they would be serving the, the local needs even better than they mm. possibly were at the moment. And, and so I thought, well, what's stopping me from opening up the markets and trying to promote it overseas so that journalists could both you know, post call-outs for sources and experts overseas, but also, and, and as I said, you know, one of my key drivers was I really wanted the local market to get access to opportunities that journalists and bloggers internationally were posting for Australian, sure. potentially Australian sources. Well, look, uh, okay, and I totally get that. And, that, and it sounds then that um, that was, well, it's, Interesting that expression, no brainer. It kind of it, these things are always a bit of a. They do involve the brain, don't they? Because when when we get started, <laughs> you know, as you as as you were saying there, when you started initially, I'm sure you know you imagine that Australia, New Zealand, well, that's going to be enough to kind of keep you busy, and there's plenty of people here, and it was a you know you were very sort of revolutionary in your in your whole kind of business offering that no one else was doing that sort of thing. So then. The, the 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 expansion into those other markets that does it sounds very natural and i love the way that you've absolutely kind of harnessed it in benefit to your members as opposed to okay let's go and replicate this over here 
your thinking is much more no we've our, our clients are Australians and let's open the opportunities for them by going further afield so you know now a year or two into that um, how's that looking I mean is it was it you know has it worked is it is it was was it as easy as you thought to do that or was it as difficult as you thought I think I think probably the latter Robert I would say it's as difficult as I thought it would be. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, one of the, the things that sort of helped um, was decide to make this into sort of more like expand um, in, in more of a concrete way was that I finally secured the .com domain name, okay. um, which was being sort of sat on at the time by a judo firm in UK. Which of course makes perfect sense. Yeah, for well, a name like yeah. Source Bottle, of course it's yeah, yes, of course, course. I love that. How strange. So, so I got um, once I sort of got that, I felt like okay, so now um, it, it all sort of made made sense, and I, I knew that there was so the sort of evolution of the model. I could still stay on the one platform, and and then sort of um, and through that one platform, I could then sort of migrate all the different um, countries and and all the different sources, but. Um, I, I really think it's very, very hard to promote a business internationally unless you have a presence internationally. Mm. So um, how, how have you done that then? Because you, you don't have a presence internationally, do you? I don't. And that's probably mm. why, um, and, you know, and, and that's a, a part of the resistance is seeing that, you know, I've got a small family. I don't really want to travel a lot. Part of the, the reasons or the impetus behind this business was um, to be the, the primary caregiver of my three children and yep. and so you know I, I think I know what needs to happen it really needs me to sort of get um, on a plane for extended periods of time to really sort of stomp the ground mm. that I'm trying to promote you know the business too but uh, I just haven't been prepared to make to make that sort of in my mind sacrifice yet. so no. that's, that's okay. been so does that does and where does it sit now then? I mean, does that mean that um, so you've kind of dipped an evolutionary toe in the water, as it were, and you're seeing that yes, it's it's possible. No, it's not easy. So probably no great surprise with either of those. <laughs> but so where does that sort of leave you now with your own sort of um, evolutionary path? Is it uh, as you've very clearly stated there? You don't really want to. Um, be jumping on and off planes all the time. So, is your is your what's your plan? Are you tending then to have somebody locally? Is that w what you think you're doing? Well, I, you know, I'd love to say that. Oh, it's, it's I've got this very sort of clear, well thought through plan of how it obviously has to evolve in those international markets. But I I probably don't. I mean, mm. I have a few opportunities this year, and I thought I'd get a bit more aggressive this year, um, where I'm going to be overseas, and um, if I can possibly attend. A couple of sort of events, or yep. um, you know, speak to a few different people. Then I I will do that. Um, but you know, there's also, and, and I need to sort of more explore a little bit more some of the sort of more social media style of, of ways of promoting the business without sure. maybe necessarily me being there and participating in things online, but to international markets also really helps. So yeah, okay. you know, I, I I have got a few of those things in the pipeline and. And that you know the, the the membership over internationally is organically growing, yep. um, and the opportunities are organically growing. And I have a um, I have a virtual assistant in the northern hemisphere who who actually does all the approving and you know call outs and posts and, and yeah, those okay. so I can sleep and yep. <laughs> which is you know novel kind of nice yes. Um, 
so and, and you know it's it's busier it, it gets busier and busier all the time so hmm. you know it's working it's just you know it, it's not like an accelerator sort of you know, steamboat uh going going or actually i should say um speedboat yeah. it's more like a, a chugging kind of you know, um, paddle Yeah, and look, but, uh, I must say that, that it's very refreshing to hear you talk like that because it's, it's not, you know, there, there are quite a few parallels with with your approach to the ones we have at, at Flying Solo, but I won't, won't kind of bore you with that at the moment. But it's interesting that, um, you know, there would probably be people listening who would go, oh, no, what, what, um, what Beck needs to do is she needs to get some venture capital funding and she needs to accelerate this, she needs to jump on a plane, she needs to get this happening like quick smart. Um, but that's not the only way, is it? I think the way you're doing it is you're doing it slowly by necessity. It seems like you're learning, I'm sure, a great deal step by step. Um, you've got a good sort of um, a very good model here that's that's operating very nicely. So what I'm sort of hearing from you is that you're quite comfortable with the way things are progressing. And there's an opportunity that's kind of waiting for again its own little bit of evolution perhaps for a solution uh, uh, to come up or maybe somebody to come forward and go hey i'll be your your man in london or your person in washington or whatever exactly that that mm. is exactly it and and so you know i and perhaps there will be some driver that in in me even that will say okay the time's right but it's really only been in the last I don't know, maybe 12 say possibly 15 months that I finally feel like I've got the business model right yeah, okay. um, and and so and, and I'm now sort of you know updating sort of the website so that it's mobile friendly and yep. you know those sorts of stages and 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 so as, as a result it's kind of always been as long as it's going in the right direction and it's sort of the right trajectory it's okay yes um, there's no rush said, yeah there's no rush but yeah. then you know likewise and, and and of course my my focus continues to be australia as well and as long as that's still going in the right direction and at a pace that i'm comfortable with then i think well this is really really good i mean it has a good strong brand presence in australia and, yep. and i'm really happy with that so. yeah and and it's continues you know you're continuing i'm sure to fine-tune and hone the the local business and as you say it took you a while to get the or to get to a point where you can say you're happy with your business model so how many years in fact has that been that you can now say okay the models work the model works yeah well look i think it really took four to five well you know i think i'm just maybe coming up to six years okay so so it was probably the first four years that i was scrambling around thinking okay I mean, I always knew, well, probably I, I naively didn't really know, but maybe had that sort of gut instinctive feel that that advertising was going to be a very short-term proposition in terms of a, a you know monetization model. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sure I probably could could see that, but but I, you know, I'm I, uh, the fundamental premise of the service was that it needed to be free for it to be as effective as I thought it could be, hmm. um, and so. I have to be really, really um, think very laterally because um, you know if I'd done, if I'd gone down a few different other paths that were suggested to me, a I just um, you know it, it would have maybe perhaps cannibalised the service in its primary form, or yep. you know there were a whole lot of things, and I thought no, 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 I 
I'm just going to be patient with this, build the mm. community because I think that's the most important vital thing, build trust within that community. Yep. But I'm not sort of going to rip the, the rug out from under them by mm. charging them all of a sudden or yep. something like that. You yep. know, I didn't want them to feel that way because I was never, never, I, I'm never going to do that. So no. I, I just had to let it evolve and um, I couldn't force it. And mm. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just really slow. Maybe you're just what? Very slow. <laughs> Look, there's, I think there's slow. nothing. Yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with being slow. I think that's that's certainly um, you know an opinion that I hold and one that uh, is is kind of at the core of how we do things as well. Is is we'd rather do it right and do it slowly than do it in a rush and and um, you know make a mess. But is that is that advertising model? Is that still work? So th- these are individuals who can advertise through your channel is is kind of basically what it is they're independent professionals a lot of them are small businesses that are looking to raise their profile and is that is that ad model still sort of working okay as you said that you didn't think it would last forever well it's sort of the ad model that i'm referring to really is the advertising on my edm so you know oh, okay, that okay. on the drink up alert so that yep. sort of paid advertising model yep. ideally i would love that um, not to have to advertise in the in the EDM necessarily, um, but you know at the moment it's still it's 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 generating good results for advertisers and so that's wonderful and I'm I'm thrilled to hear it. Um, but I just feel like uh, you know with okay certainly there's a, a proliferation of digital um, advertising and yep. marketing, but I just um, you know I. I I, I I just don't want to be playing in that game and that being the only thing that I'm trying to push. No, okay. um, you don't want all your eggs in that basket because it's exactly. the, the highly uh, evolving industry itself, isn't it? That's one, right. One that's very very competitive, and mm. and and you know, and and that's that's great. You want to be generating good results, and you know, so if one day all of a sudden advertising's not generating results, then you know, I'd be I'd be devastated. Yes. So, and the business would be well, who would know? Yeah. <laughs> but so you know. <laughs> I had to sort of look at at other ways, and so the subscription model. So you know, Source Bottle is is primarily a premium model. So you've got the core service, which is free, and then you've got upgrades, which are premium offer, offers that if you upgrade your subscription, you get access to. Yep. And and so there are a couple of those, and and um, the expert profile was the thing I added recently, um, and and that's basically just a profile that's stored um, within the the service. Um, and so your profile automatically attaches when you respond. So, you know, it saves time and efficient and all that sort of thing. But yep. also um, journalists can post uh, keywords at the base of their call-outs. Um, and then if those keywords match with the keywords used in your profile, then then the journalist receives an email with your profile in it saying, gotcha. look, while you're waiting, here are some of our profiles. Yeah, I thought I, I remember when you did that and I thought that was just a, such a terrific offering. And is, is that going well for you? Is that working as an as a addition to your business? Yeah, look, it really is. Mm. I mean, look, and, you know, it's a constant education, so both to journalists on how to use it and make the most of it and to people, and you know, people who have subscribed to it, how they can continue to sort of change and update and, improve their profile so that it's got it's really sticky for yeah. a journalist yeah. journalists can't help but be compelled to view it mm. so so you know and and you know we the stats and everything are there for people to to use so they can see what's happening with their profile so yeah, yeah look it's it's good i mean it can, of course i can improve everything um but i'm really happy with with it as a solid offering um, yeah. a, a, 
value offering for, for subscribers. That's fantastic. Yeah. And tell me, um, what just a, as an observation that you know, every time I pick up a newspaper when I can find them um, or listen to the radio, there's always um, some other media house that's just let a lot of uh, editors and journalists go. So I'm assuming that we have got more and more of people that uh, from the journalist side that are using Sourcebottle are themselves freelancers that are pitching jobs. Are you finding that, um, that the nature of the sort of journalist requests are changing as we see more people moving into the sort of freelance space? Do you notice anything happening there? Oh, that's so interesting. Actually, yeah, you know, I, I can. One of the big things that's, that's happened, and, and it's actually something I get, um, I receive complaints about in terms of to the service, yeah. is that a lot of journalists now aren't posting whatever publication they're from, and they're just saying they're mm. a freelance journalist. Yep. And they might give a generic description of the title. And so people get really annoyed about that. <laughs> yeah, okay. But because of the nature of the way their work has changed, and so they're not attached to one particular publication or media outlet, they're finding that if they actually publish the name of the, the publication, a lot of the particularly PR professionals go straight to, to the publication. publication. Uh-huh. And then the publication complains and says, what's this? What's this? You know, mm. I, I don't know what you're talking about. And then the freelancer gets in trouble or the freelancer sort of goes, oh. Isn't that you know. interesting? So so what's happened is it's, it's kind of now even more caginess than there ever was <laughs> because, mm. you know, so many of them, they, you know, apart from not wanting to sort of say, oh, look, I've got a story opportunity here and it's from this publication. Yeah. Um, but, they're you know, they're really wanting to keep their cards close to their chest and I really respect that. Mm, of course, it's so fascinating because I, I remember, you know, and, and obviously I'm subscribed to Sourcebottle and, and uh, have used the service to magnificently, it's performed magnificently for me and for us over a number of years. But it is interesting when you get those requests and you think, well, is this is this somebody who's writing a piece for a blog that's got 10 subscribers or is it somebody who's writing this for the City Morning Herald or the Melbourne Age or something? And um, and of course you don't know, and increasingly you don't know. And what you're saying there is it really interesting, and probably not that surprising. Of course, this is this is the nature, and I guess increasingly with with journalists, a number of them are writing um, pieces where they don't necessarily have a publisher yet, That's but true. you know, That's trying true. to build up a story and see if there's an interest and find some people who've got strong opinions. And then go and try and sell it to a publication. So it's a very changing industry, isn't it? And when you, when you, uh, uh, with the steps that you've taken into the US and the UK, do you notice, I just thinking again, not just from your own business, but think about anybody listening who might be looking to evolve and grow into new markets, do you find real differences within those industries, within those countries? Um, well, not really. I certainly did at the very beginning because those sorts of international markets were a lot more receptive to a service like this. Right. Australia was very, you know, Australian the Australian media were very discerning hmm. and and quite um, oh, quite reserved in their use of a service like this. You know, there was criticism that it was for lazy journalists or. Right. You know, (laughs) whatever, or cookie cutter journalism, you know, it was sprouting that completely. And how could you trust the veracity of the sources? Well, it's not, 
replacing mm. the research and and it, it's just a supplementary tool to, to what to what you're you know your current the tools you're currently yep. using so um but yeah so i found them a lot more receptive but i i actually think i mean for me the biggest change in the last five years has been this this growing trend towards recognizing um the well the importance of and the status of a blogger hmm. and, 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 a, and a digital media outlet. Because initially I really believe that that, um, that wasn't recognised by as many as being um, worthwhile investing oh, okay. their time responding yep. to. Whereas now there's a much greater appreciation for the value of having not only, you know, sometimes being lucky enough to have a link, so, it, you know, a digital sort of link back to your to your site or your mm. business um, that that a, an online media outlet can actually offer you, but but also because you know eyeballs on something that's that's online is it, seen as just as valuable as eyeballs on something offline. Yeah, and, that's and so, mm, yeah, so that's, true. And I guess also the thing there is that um, it's very easy to be dismissive of um, people or publications or blogs um, when you. When you, if you compare, say, the reach of many digital publications with the sort of historic reach of a number of printed publications, you could look at them and go, well, you know, their reach is nothing. They've just got no readers. They haven't got anything like the sort of distribution of newspapers. But it's not so much the numbers. It's how engaged are those numbers, isn't it? That's exactly right. And, you know, with this rise of, of you know, what I believe is, is one of the most sort of, um, well, it's going to be one of the most sort of, Exciting evolutions in in terms of um, of media uh, is this whole sort of influencer, yeah. you know, the influencer who has um, an audience of a thousand, but they're highly engaged. Mm. Versus, say, um, you know, someone who's got a high profile, whether they be a celebrity or whatever, with say 10, 20, 30 times that, but yep. nowhere near as much trust or engagement with their audience, and so. You know, I, I just think I think the, the the best choice of words that you just used was dismissive. How we've mm. been dismissive of these, these types of emerging influences uh, today, and I just think that's starting to change. Yeah. And I mean, I think we're a little slow. We're we're still pretty slow in Australia in terms of that recognition, but I think we're getting there. Hmm. That's a great point. I I, I think it's a very interesting observation. I think that the influencer. As you say, some some someone to certainly um, hold in in much kind of higher regard, perhaps than I know. I've been guilty of it. I've I've kind of looked at at uh, numbers and thought, oh no, it's not worth doing that. But then you actually look a bit closer and think, oh my goodness, you know that's it might only be five hundred people, but those are five hundred people that are totally in our target market. They're beautiful people that you know their emails get read. They're website is visited frequently you know you start to dig a bit deep and you think this is a really valuable small audience far better that than you know i've lost count of how many articles i've published in in printed newspapers yes. and um not uh, had any kind of response whatsoever not that you'd necessarily expect much but you know whereas you can then get um a, a small mention on a on a on a good engaged online publication and you know suddenly it's um you know kicking off all over the place so, oh, so makes true. a big difference so now when you um, you said that when you went to the us and the uk then that they those markets were 
um, perhaps a little bit more open to your business than, than certainly when you first started here. Does that mean then that, um, is there a lot of competition there? I mean, I know when you started here, I think you were absolutely the groundbreaking business. Um, presumably not quite the case in the US and the UK. How's, how's that kind of playing out? Look, it's, it's, it definitely wasn't the case um, over in, in, in fact, it wasn't until I started to explore this option. You know, I thought I'd had this incredible sort of idea and then I went, mm. oh my God, some of them, someone's already thought of that. But, um, <laughs> But you know, internationally there was there was there were a lot more of these sorts of services, but a lot of them were paid. So there was, you know, guaranteed that the majority of the of, of subscription base were paid like public relations agencies. So again, you had this gatekeeper kind of mentality that yep. I really wanted to avoid here in Australia. There was um, was a very large uh, online uh, sorry free service in the US that was very sort of popular. Yep. But it was it was just an email service at the time, and I thought I can definitely do better than that. And it's got to, you know, call outs have got to have a lot longer shelf life. And and so you know, I started to, I suppose, look at what was out there and think I can do better. I can yep. do better than all of that. And so and that and that's again, you know, I'm certainly <laughs> yeah. there was, there's no arrogance in that. That was me just being foolish enough. Yeah, sure. Um, but you know, I just thought. I, I, I could I could see opportunities and and I was a little bit more relaxed about what I was and and wasn't prepared to publish mm. as a call out. You know, for me, I'm a lot more liberal in terms of um, what what source bottle the service that source bottle is there to provide and yeah. what source bottles there to provide um, is opportunities for journalists and um, for, for journalists and bloggers. So, so just storytellers yep. to find great people. Whose stories they want to tell. Hmm. Now, then, the, but the the flip side of that is, so you know, if you're a subscriber to Source Bottle, you could be okay. There's a, there could be a great opportunity in the Age newspaper. There could also be a great opportunity on Lifestyle Food Channel, or there could be a great opportunity where you provide a, a prize for um, for a magazine where yeah. they're going to spruik your product for the mm -hmm. cost of one prize, which would be a whole lot better. So you know, you sort of think. For me, the, the service has to give people opportunities to raise their profile and whether it's a guest blog contribution, yep. which, you know, I get I get criticised for doing because, you know, for, for offering those sorts of opportunities up to people because I'm apparently devaluing um, a, a writer and right. you know, particularly if they're being unpaid. But, but, it, but what they're not appreciating is that there are a lot of people who really do want that opportunity. Absolutely, to open their want a foot and, in the door. Exactly, to yeah. raise their profile as an expert in an area. So, yep. you know, I've had to sort of really straddle um, a delicate balance or a line between um, between sort of going too far one way so that it almost seems like it's just a, a mixed bag of offerings on yep. source level. But, but also making sure that, you know, if it, if it ticks the boxes in terms of what it – if it's an app that's talking about great new places to, to visit in Sydney mm. – and it's free for them to list their business on that. Well, would I or should I should I actually publish that? Is that a call out? Does that person get to raise their profile? So you know, you, mm. I've been a lot more liberal about sometimes the things that I'm prepared to publish. Yep. Um, than say than what would be purely accepted um, by some of my sort of our competitive businesses. Yeah, and I guess the thing is as well, so much that. Um you know, you, you, you kind of learn by taking action, don't you? You can't, you can sit there and ponder and contemplate and um and ah and 
should I, shouldn't I, should I? You know, sometimes you just need to do things and see what the reaction is and then take take um, evasive action or adapt as a consequence of that. That's all part of evolving, isn't it? That's right. And, you know, mm. and, and often I'm forced to apologise as opposed to right. finishing <laughs> And that's okay. That's, 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 yeah, that know. is okay. You've got, I, I certainly, what, I, what I'm again hearing from you that you're certainly very brave in your business. And I think by necessity, you know, you, you are brave. You've mentioned uh, the word criticism a few times, a couple of times anyway. And I'd just like to ask you, how do you, how do you personally respond to that? I mean, you work, you've designed your business um, so that you can, as you say, be the primary caregiver to your three kids. Um, you work, I believe, from a home base, so you're spending a lot of your time working by yourself with your, I know you have your virtual assistants helping you, but how does how does Beck Darrington handle it when, wallop, a big slug of criticism comes into your inbox? Well, Beck Darrington in, say, 29, 2010, 2011, maybe even 2012, yeah. used to cry. <laughs> I'm with you, believe you know, it or not. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I can't believe you're as sucky as me. I, I used to, you know, really take it to heart. Mm. And honestly, the vitriol that would come my way if I made a change, if I published something that, again, you know, they thought that's not what Source Bottle should offer or, mm. um, you know, if I, I made a change to the look or feel of the email um, or whatever, like the, the vitriol that I would be confronted with was shocking and mm. honestly it used to make me feel sick. But then I just started to, I don't know, I, I don't know whether I just slapped myself around or maybe I'm just so <laughs> bruised that I just don't feel it anymore. I, okay. I don't know, I'm I'm a lot tougher than I used to be. Well, and- I, I still think that that, um, you know, that old adage of the people that complain are the people that care. And, and I guess, and I think that's so true, is that when people say, I don't like what you're doing, the people that are saying that are people that really care about what you're doing. So... It's it's kind of inevitable to some extent that that would hit you where it hurts and can upset you, but I guess what it's also is a true sign of of the level of engagement that your business enjoys, you know. So maybe over the years it sounds like yes, you've by necessity kind of toughened up a bit, but um, I bet you still read every single one of them all the way through and pay attention to what's being said. It just doesn't get to you in the same way. Oh look, absolutely, mm. I still read everything. And, um, and I still respond personally to all mm. of those sorts of criticisms. And often because, I, you know, obviously it's, it's very important. And some of the best sort of tweaks and modifications to the service have come from very constructive feedback. Absolutely. Often it's, it's not delivered as, as um, harshly as, as some of it is. But, mm. um, but generally, you know, I, I really, well, I, I always appreciate feedback. Yeah. Um, I don't always agree. But I always appreciate it, and, and I'm very grateful that people take time out of it. And, and you know, as you said, that's a very nice way of, of thinking about it, and that's the way I look at it. From mm. Thank you for being so highly engaged, no. <laughs> <laughs> caring so much. Well, we—I mean—we see this in our forums, and, and people do get very fed up with the way that we do things, or some person will say one thing and and cause a great deal of upset from somebody else. And before we know it, we've we've got you know a bit of a a strong disagreement going on and it can be very distressing for business owners and all of those involved and um you know i think feeling distress is also part of the process part of the growing up of a business isn't it that's certainly the way i feel about ours and um you know we get we still get i get personally really upset when people get upset with stuff that we do 
But um, luckily, I've got a couple of very good people around me, my, my, some of my colleagues, and we sit there and go, okay, so what do we need to learn out of this? And what do we need to do differently? And how do we need to handle this? But I think it's, you know, going back to pulling back to that topic again of evolution, I just think there are so many um, small, very small businesses that w where we get to a point where we're actually frightened to take a step towards evolution because of what might happen. But what would you say to, to that person, maybe, to someone who's listening and saying, well, look, I want to do something daring. I, want to, I need to do something to push my business. But they're sitting on the fence, the sort of should I, shouldn't I, because they don't want to upset people. What, what would you say to that person now, the, the younger Beck Darrington, I guess? what I found works really well when I'm I'm finding it very hard to push it that next step I get someone to argue with me that I should keep it the same way it is because then my real inner gut starts to fight back and so I've sort of found that if I'm sort of deliberating on something um, I'll find that obviously I mean instinctively my decision is one way mm. if I if I put it out there and get someone to argue with me, it, it just makes it so much more concrete in my mind exactly what I need to do. Hmm. So, you know, I think you know. I think you know, and it, it's very much about connecting. You know, and you're not always right. No, I certainly know that. But, yeah. um, but I, I think you can't ignore it. And if you do ignore it, you know, I just feel it's like that you, you keep getting confronted with that same lesson until you learn it. So mm -hmm. learn it. Um, and if you're going to fail, fail fast. You know, just yeah, – okay. Yeah. learn the lesson and move on. And so who, who, who do you invite to um, disagree with you? Do you have a, a particular favourite or do you just kind of put it out there and it depends on the, on the day? If I really want to get into a big fight, I'd just ask my husband. Right. Um, <laughs> but then that might last you know, three weeks. Yeah. Um, but no, no, I, I, have, I have a wonderful group of very supportive, very clever friends yeah. and – and I, you know, ones that I trust. And so, and also, you know, I, I even asked a question just yesterday on Facebook to sort of people that I, and the, the people who responded were people I genuinely respected and admired. Mm. And I was so grateful. And, but what, what it did again, it again reminded me just, just, um, ex, ex, I was able to then express in my mind or clearly outline in my mind exactly why I made the decision that I wanted to make, even though. It wasn't exactly in line with what some of these very smart people were saying back then. Yeah, okay. So it's just, I don't know. I had i had a little business action group that I found very helpful when I we used to call ourselves the bag ladies. Right. Um, when, I, when I first sort of started up. <laughs> yep. Because, of, you know, to deal with the social isolation as well. Hmm. Um, and But we were all business owners. Um, some of them have moved on, sold businesses, yep. been employed by somebody else. And so, but when we first sat, I found that was incredibly, um, very, very sort of powerful as, as mm. a network, as a sort of um, think tank yep. uh, in terms of just helping me and, and, and also keeping, holding me accountable. Yep. So that, that was really useful. And uh, so those sorts of little mentoring groups. Where yeah, kind of, mm, totally. I, I, I agree. I think just having a, a couple of people around, uh, at least a couple of people around that you can bounce ideas off with. and I love that notion that when you've got an idea you find somebody to challenge you and the last thing you want is 
is somebody who's just going to say, oh, Beck, that's a great idea. Brilliant. Off you go. You know, that's, yeah. it's kind of not enough. You need a bit more than that. So that, that's fantastic. Now, look, at about this sort of point, well, in fact, at precisely this point um, in, in podcast, I've got a little series of questions here just to, to wind us up. I've got 20 questions. You can't see them, but I can. And I'd just like you to choose a number between 1 and 20, and I'm going to throw that question at you. Okay, 14 comes to 14. Mind. Oh, there you go. There's a nice one. So where and when do you have your best ideas? When I go for a walk. Well, is that yeah. right? Okay. Yes. So if I'm it's just lost in thought and I'm, you know, they always say that the brain kind of works really well when you're moving hmm. and I'm sort of, I get, I get lost in my mind. I don't like walking with people. I like walking by myself and I like to have music on and just be lost in my thoughts. And I often find I get the most incredible clarity um when i'm, when I'm and how do you capture that thought how do you remember it by the time you get home well i'm usually so excited i might i might cut my, my walk a bit short <laughs> you get a taxi home to you. yeah i've got to get home, get home. <laughs> <laughs> no I, I usually can't forget it you know right, you sort okay. of it's one of those those moments they don't happen all the time I no of course every walk, but that's right. usually the best moment. brilliant so just to any listener that sees beck darrington walking around don't disturb her. Don't mess with her because <laughs> this woman is having some really good ideas and doesn't need you disturbing her. That's fine. All right. Well, look, Beck, thank you so much for joining us and speaking so openly about your your business and this whole area of evolution. I think it's terrific. And let's both agree that if we have any comments on the podcast that um, are criticizing either of us, let's just, you know, we'll, we'll hold fast. We won't get upset. <laughs> we'll support okay. each other and uh, we'll all be good. Thank you again so much for joining us. Thank you, Robert. Thanks. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au. 